0: Philippians chapter 1 verses 21 through 30. We're going to try to bite off a big chunk and finish off the end of the chapter. Paul is writing to the people of Philippi here, and he's imprisoned while he's writing this letter to him. He's writing it. It's really an encouraging letter. He's, uh, through his um, sufferings and through his imprisonment, he's trying to uh, be a, uh, a good example, so to speak, I guess for lack of a better term, Uh, And encourage the people of Philippi to not give up even in hard times but to stand strong. And so that's kind of what we've seen up until this point uh, in the book. And we are continuing on in verse uh, 21 tonight. For me living is Christ and dying is gain. Now if I live on in the flesh this means fruitful works for me. And I don't know which one... I should choose. I am persuaded by both. I have the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that because of me your confidence may grow in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Just one thing, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you, or am absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, working side by side for the faith that comes from the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your deliverance, and this is from God. For it has been given to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for Him, having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now here that I have. Let's pray. God, I thank you that we can just come into your house tonight and just uh, feel your spirit, feel your presence, dear Lord, just the joy that you bring. And we just give you the glory for that, God. In the midst of our busy life and our crazy world, we... God, sometimes we just kind of lose sight of how great you are, and so I thank you that we can come to your house every time we get the opportunity and just be reminded of that. God, I pray that you would speak to us through these words tonight, dear Lord, that they would transform us. God, oftentimes, I know in my life, dear Lord, your word speaks, but I pray that you would help me to do what it says. And so I pray that you would speak to each one of us tonight, that you'd speak through me and that you'd be glorified in us as we study your word. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Boy, that first verse, verse 21, that is a, that is a good verse. It's a verse that, that, that many of us are probably familiar with, and if you haven't, then tonight's a good night because you'll get to get familiar with it. For me living is Christ and dying is gain. Now that's a man right there who's making a statement that has his priorities straight. He knows where his contentment comes from in life. It doesn't come from his situation. It doesn't come from his surroundings. It doesn't come from his security and, and money or worldly things. It doesn't come from anything except for Jesus Christ. What we see in Paul's writing is a man who is fully content in his relationship with Christ. Not that he's perfect. He's not a perfect man by any means. But he is a man whose life has been changed by the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he is a man who is on mission for Jesus His goal is to go out and tell as many people that he can about Jesus. And that's what we see uh, throughout these books in the New Testament that Paul wrote. All these places and people that he was exposed to and had the privilege to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so for him, that was his whole life. That was everything that he looked forward to. That was everything that he was about for him to live was Christ. And that was it. And to die, if he died, even better. He was going to live for Christ while he was on this earth. And when he died, he was going to get to go be with Christ. So how much better would that be? And boy, when I read those verses, I was thinking, man, I wish I, wish I had that contentment. Like, and I, sometimes I like to fool myself and I think, and I'll say the words with my mouth like Jesus is first. But boy, I started thinking today as I was making a list. For me, living is dot, dot, dot. What are some things in our life that we may put there? instead of Jesus. For me, living is financial security. For me, living is having a cool house. For me, living is having a good job. For me, living is being recognized as something big and famous. For me, living is being the best at whatever I do. Now, all these things are not inherently bad things, but when that becomes the focus of our life, when that becomes what we seek to be made content, we are always seeking something that will never fill us. And so we need to make sure that we put Jesus first in our life. And that's tough to do. It's it's kind of a struggle because the devil, he's always putting other things in our life to take that place. Because the devil wants our lives to be focused on something other than Jesus Christ. Because a life that's focused focused on something other than Jesus Christ is a life that's in a bad shape. It leaves us spiritually dry. It leaves us just kind of down and out. But when we begin to seek Christ, and when we begin to put Him at the center, and when we begin to be content with Jesus Christ, no matter what our situation is, no matter what our surroundings is, no matter how much we have or how little we have, no matter how famous we are or how humble we are or, or whatever it may be, when we are content with Christ, none of our other circumstances matter in the big picture because we know that Christ is going to take care of us. Throughout the whole situation. And Paul was living that. He was living that and he was sharing that with the Philippian people. And he says, Now, if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I am pressured by both. I have the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Now, this is kind of an interesting struggle, I think, that we see Paul going through. The struggle is this. He's in prison. He's been arrested. Who knows how many times Paul had been beaten. He is living a tough life. It was a struggle for him to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And here he is in prison. Now let's imagine that for a second. Imagine how you would feel at this point if everybody was against you. You were in prison. You were beaten. You were probably sore. You were probably worn out. And here you are in prison. And you could just say, you know what, God, I I have fought the good fight, but I just can't go anymore, Lord. Just take me home. And Paul is facing the struggle because he's saying, boy, if I just could go on to be on with the Lord, it'd be far better for me. I'd be in a much better place. But then he's torn because he realizes that these people that he's ministering to, he realizes that he can be helpful to them. He realizes that he can be a leader to them and encourager to them and sharing God's word with them so that they can continue to mature in Jesus Christ. And so Paul knows that it would be better for him if he was with the Lord, but he also knows that while he's on this earth, he can be fruitful. And I think that's an important lesson for us to look at. No matter where our life may take us, no matter how bad off we may be, whether it's because we're being persecuted for being a disciple of Jesus Christ or just some sickness or ailment or something that gets us down, we need to remember this. We can still be fruitful for the Lord no matter what situation we are in. And that was the struggle that Paul was going through, and Paul decided, look, I'm going to do way more good for the kingdom of God by staying here and toughing it out for these people of Philippi. Since I'm persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. His concern was more for the well-being of other people than it was for himself. Now that's a good example, church Christians, for us to go by. We need to learn from what Paul did there, and that is to put others before ourselves. The example of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that's exactly what he did. He put the needs of others before himself. Jesus chose to suffer on our behalf so that we could experience the joy and grace And Paul is following that example of his Lord and Savior right here saying, Look, it may mean more suffering if I stay on this earth for some longer, but I know it is for your good because I know I can do some good for you by sharing with you God's Word and by being there to help you grow and mature in Christ. So that because of me, your confidence may grow in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Now Paul is saying, Look, I'm going to do my part. It's going to be tough, but I would rather be here with you guys and suffer than leave you guys. But he leaves something for them to do too. He says just one thing. Live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or am absent I will hear about you. That you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind. Working side by side for the faith that comes from the gospel. Paul's encouraging the people here and he's saying look. I want you guys to keep on keeping on. I want you guys to keep on living for the Lord. I want you guys to keep on the right track. I want you to work alongside one another so that I hear good things about you guys, so that I can hear these things and I can know you're doing good. And I was thinking about, like, how does that, how does that apply to us? And maybe this is a little out of context, but I was thinking, boy, when, when a community hears that a church is on fire for the Lord... When a community sees that a church is on fire for the Lord, when a community sees that a church is loving people and fulfilling the gospel, then how likely are they to want to come and be part of that body as opposed to a church that's arguing with one another, a church that only cares about storing up a bunch of money a church that only cares about we want to make sure our people are on these committees and all these other crazy things and all these things that the devil can use to get the church where it's just a bunch of people coming together and they're not living in unity, they're not in one accord, they're not working side by side, they're not doing anything uh, to promote the kingdom, they're just grumbling and backbiting and having a, a hard time. Now is that going to attract people to the Lord? Absolutely not. But what Paul was calling the people of Philippi to do was to live a life that was worthy, was to continue to work alongside one another, to continue to grow in the faith, to continue to mature, to know that they had a mission to do, and to not give up on that mission. He goes on to say in verse 28, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. Now Paul knew far too well what it meant to have opponents. Paul was a man that had all kind of opponents. He had people out to get him. Obviously, he's in prison, some people had already gotten him. Paul went through all kind of stuff. He encouraged the people. He told him to stand strong, but what he didn't tell them is it was going to be easy. He was telling them, look, I want you guys to keep growing. I want you guys to keep about the work. I want you guys to keep further in the kingdom. But he also tells them you're going to face some opponents. There's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some difficulties. It's the same for us, church. When we go out into the world that's living in darkness, we are going to face some difficult times. But we've got to stand firm. We can't give up. Paul says, not being afraid in any way by your opponent. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your deliverance. And this is from God. Boy, that's reassuring. To know that even though we have to go out into this world where we're going to face uh, people who are against us, to know that when the time comes, that those of us who are in Christ Jesus and doing his work, it will be for our good. It will be for our reward. And all we can do, church, all we can do as Christians is to go out into this lost and dying world and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and hope that people put their faith and trust in him. And if they don't, it's for their, it's for their destruction. But if we do what we're called to do, whether they accept him or not, it is for our reward because we are being faithful to what Jesus calls us to do, and that is to go and make disciples of all nations, of all people, so that they can know the good news of Jesus Christ. For it has been given to you on Christ's behalf not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. That kind of puts it into context right there. Paul is restating, look. We are called to Jesus Christ and thank the Lord for those who accept Him and are covered by His blood and His death on the cross. But that calling also comes with a struggle. It also is a difficult, difficult thing sometimes because we get put in difficult situations as Christians. But we need to know that Jesus has been victorious and that no matter what happens to us in this life, that we can look at Paul and learn from what he said. For us to live as Christ. That's what we're called to do as Christians. That's the only thing we're called to do. And we need to learn what Paul learned, to live as Christ and to die as gain, to know that whatever we face in this life is not the end all be all because Jesus has beat everything that this world could throw at us. Jesus has beat everything that the devil could throw at us. And he is victorious and we share in that victory. And when we come to him. Having the same struggle that you saw I had and now here that I have. Boy, that's a good verse. Those are good verses. And I know for me, I had to, I had to ponder and think on those things a lot. Because I was thinking, boy, I, I want the contentment of Paul. Boy, I want to be like that. But I'm a long ways from that. And maybe there's some things in your life. Maybe you realize that you're a long way from that. Maybe you're close to that. You're probably closer to it than I am. But let us examine our lives and see the things that are in there. Those things that are in our heart, in our mind. That we're trying to find contentment with and learn that we're not going to find contentment with anything other than Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, I come to you tonight and I thank you for these good words. I thank you for the example of Paul, God. I pray that you would help us to consider the need of others more important than ourselves. That we would follow the example of our Lord and Savior in that way. God, I pray that you would help us to continue to grow in you as a church, that you would continue to help us to mature and learn your word and grow in the faith, dear Lord, and be ready to go out and do whatever you call us to do, no matter how close or how far or how how hard it may seem or easy it may seem, God, but that we just, whatever you put in our path, whatever you call us to, that we do it to the best of our ability, dear Lord. That we know that this life will not uh, be without some difficulties and some hard times but even in the midst of all these things, dear Lord, that we can know that we are victorious through you. So I pray that you give us the strength. I pray that you give us the courage, the boldness, to be good disciples for you, to be out doing your work. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.